Thank you for listening to this podcast. The Ville Church provides all of its resources for free. If you've been blessed by this ministry, please consider giving financially. For more information on how to give and other resources, please visit www.theville.church. Good morning, everyone. Uh, Happy Easter. Pastor Rodney here with The Ville Church. Thank you for joining us this morning. Um, I would like to start off with a scripture in the book of Ecclesiastes, and it says here in chapter 3, verse 1, For everything there is a season, and a time for every purpose under heaven. When I look at the scriptures, I would like to um, see that I observe Jesus' life as an adult. I notice three seasons. The seasons of the ministry of Christ, the season of the cross, and the season of the resurrection. I'd like to go through these as we talk about Easter. The first one is, of course, the season of the ministry of Christ. This is a time where we find the disciples with Jesus and they are able to see him uh, as they walk along his side, healing people, uh, feeding thousands uh, that, have, uh, that were hungry with just a few fish and a few loaves of bread. They see him go ahead and give a command to the ocean and command to the weather and then watch as the ocean subsides and calms and the weather uh, obeys his voice. They've seen him walk on water. They've seen him uh, just do just about anything, right? Raise people from the dead. And this season was a season where they saw Jesus actually minister to people and minister. this is the ministry of Christ. And during that time, uh, being along Jesus' side, we could say that, you know, life was just fine. And uh, they had really nothing to worry about. And before COVID-19, everything was up and operating, right? People were at schools, colleges, businesses. Uh, there was construction going on, all kinds of stuff. And um, comparing it to now, things were just fine. Just sort of like that time when the Jesus and the disciples were going along it had been about three years in their ministry but Jesus makes an announcement and he makes an announcement of another season that was going to come and we find this if you turn with me to Mark chapter 8 verses 31 through 37 we'll take take verse by verse there and uh, we'll have them up on the screen so we see him make an announcement in Mark chapter 8 verse 31 in verse 31 he says and he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed, and after three days rise again. And he said this plainly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. So here is the announcement of the next season. Remember, there's uh, 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 the next season, the, the first season is a season of the ministry of Christ. This next season is now the season of the cross. And this was very difficult and it was a pivotal moment and it would change everything for the disciples as it has uh, changed for us. Um, this season of the cross, there's four parts to it. Um, the four parts are is when Jesus was taken captive. The second one is when uh, Jesus enters the pain and the suffering. And then the third part is the unknown of what's gonna happen next. And then the fourth is death on the cross. I'd like to go into this uh, part of the season of the cross a little bit more in depth. Number one, 
taken captive. We are taken captive by something more powerful than us. And once taken captive, there's nothing stopping it. A divorce, a loss of a loved one, a job loss, maybe being deeply hurt by someone that was so important to us, maybe receiving a diagnosis of a major illness, or for in our case, the COVID-19 and all that's going on. See, the first reaction is usually denial. And we see that in Peter's response when he decides to actually pull Jesus aside and rebuke Jesus. We usually do the same. I can't believe this is happening, we'll tell God. It's like a bad dream we're wanting to wake up from. That denial is usually the first step. There's got to be some other way. I will do whatever it takes to stop this. Why can't things just stay the same as we have it right now? I'm sure many of them were battling with these thoughts. And I'm sure many of us are battling uh, with some of the same thoughts now that we're in this current situation. Leads us to number two, the pain. There is great pain and suffering whenever something like this happens. There is emotional stress, pressure, mental anguish, and you can you can actually feel it in your body. Now, there are two unhealthy responses to dealing with the pain, denial or despair. Both are very unhealthy. Denial, we harden ourselves and we play it off with an, with an I'm a tough attitude, right? Usually through some type of busyness or performance, which always comes back and leaks out in unhealthy ways and re-injures us and re-injures others. Or we go to despair. We let and allow what happens lead us to hopelessness. We let it lead us and we don't lead it. The healthy response is to acknowledge it and bring it to God and then work through it in community by sharing with other brothers or sisters in Christ. Number three, the unknown. How long will this last? What is, gonna, what is it gonna be like? There is a holy waiting on God in this unknown phase. It's one of the most difficult phases. And then last is the death on the cross. The things you found in, uh, in life other than Christ will surface and then put them on the cross to die. So there are things in our life that we found life in, that we, we looked towards, we looked forward to, um, that, that were more meaningful than Christ himself. Many things that we may not know or been aware of were things inside of us are now sur surfacing. Pride, in other words, we look for approval for others from others. Impatience, we're critical of others. Or greed, maybe we're not content with what we have or where we're at in life. Maybe where we're at spiritually, we want more, we want, we want to climb a higher mountain. Or maybe we're comparing ourselves to others. Luxury, you know, we find uh, pleasures in the blessings of God, the, the things that God gives us as gifts to bring us to Him and, and to worship and adore and appreciate Him. We actually find more pleasure in the, th in the gifts and in the blessings of God than God Himself. Or maybe we're in this place where it's make me feel good spiritually, God. 
make me have these spiritual good feelings and uh, but don't never let me have any pain and definitely not the cross. These are some of the things that surface and the purpose of this cross is to put to death the love of other things that are of this world, love of the things that are in this world or our sinful desires. That's the purpose of the cross. This is God's grace to allow us to see these things and watch them die. Before COVID-19, what are some of the things we needed to be put on the cross to die? What are some of those things before the situation hit? This is not the last season, but through Christ, it can be, it can lead us to the season of the resurrection. If we choose this response in bringing this to Christ and allow ourselves to walk through it, it can lead us to this next season, which is the season of the resurrection. Let's look at what Jesus tells Peter and the rest of the people. Verse 33 in the same chapter, the same book of Mark chapter 8. But turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. Um, right here we see it's not that he's just rebuking Peter, but he's also rebuking all of the disciples. For you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Wow, what a profound statement. Jesus makes a very powerful statement here that there is more to life than man looks forward to on this earth. If Jesus followed Peter's advice, Jesus would have would not die for our sins and there would be no resurrection which would leave us with an eternal separation from God. So he continues and calling to the crowd to him with his disciples he said to them if anyone would come after me let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me for whoever would save his life will lose it but whoever will lose his life for my sake and the gospels will save it or what does a prophet what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul for what can a man give in return for his soul what is Jesus saying here? These are huge statements. Well, the cross means death. They were all very familiar with the cross in this time. And in order to follow Jesus, we must face our cross. What does it mean to save our life? So we, uh, in order to save our life, we would lose it. And can a person pay God something for his soul? First, I want to say that this is an impossible task that Jesus is asking for us to do. We cannot face our cross, pick it up, or deny ourselves on our own. We cannot lose our life to be able to save it because we can't save ourselves in the first place. There's nothing we can give in return for our soul. So what then? Why is Jesus asking us to do something that is impossible? because he's pointing us to the resurrection something that god does on his own through the gospel that's the losing of our life by surrendering to the love of god right surrendering to believing that he did for us what we can't see we cannot do this on our own He 
picked up our cross for us. He denied himself for us and he lost his life for us. In our place, he did it perfectly. God gave what was most precious to him in return for our souls. He gave his only son. The resurrection is evidence that God keeps his promises. It's evidence when Jesus rose from the dead. We can now boldly look at our season of the cross through the lens of the resurrection. The season of the cross is difficult, is hard, is something we avoid, is something that we don't want. But we can look through it faithfully through the, through the lens of the resurrection that Jesus rose for us in our place. Now Jesus Christ will always lead you to the season of the resurrection because he said he is the resurrection and he is life. Now, takes us to the season of the resurrection. In the season of the resurrection, there is something to look forward to. It is all about a new life in Christ. It's your truest self made in the image of God. What is this new that Christ is doing through this season? And what is the true self that God has made, is making you in his image? How is he shaping your who you really are, not the identities that the world wants to put on you, not the identity you get from what you do, not the identity you get from what you have, not the identity from your performance, right? From your background, uh, right? From your environment, from your circumstances. But what is this image? What is this identity? Well, it's the authentic Christ-like life. Is an authentic Christ-like life. God brings about a newness of life over and over again through this season of resurrection. Romans 6, 4 says, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. How many of you have looking for a newness of life today? I know I am. With the new life brings different reactions from people. People will not believe it and doubt it as they, doubt, as they did Jesus. When Jesus rose from the dead, they doubted it. You will also doubt it and need to get used to this new life in Christ and what he's doing in you. Even yourselves, as you, as you experience this newness, you're like, oh my gosh, am I real? is God really doing this in my life? This is something new. I'm not used to it. In the beginning of, your, of the new, you'll be tempted and you'll want to go back. When this happens, we need to remember the season of the cross that got us here. It's not worth going through it again just let the Lord lead you one day at a time. And that's why the Bible says his mercies are new every morning. Now the season of the resurrection will always lead us right back to the season of the ministry of Christ. So what are the three? Again, the season of the ministry of Christ, the season of uh, death on the cross, the season of the cross, and then the season of the resurrection. They always go together. There are things that must die in us. These things keep us from true life that Christ wants us to live. This usually happens through many seasons of the cross and seasons of the resurrection. It's not a one-time thing. It's called sanctification. It's ongoing. God is the only one who can take what was meant for evil, right? 
whatever comes upon us, whatever hurts, whatever uh, catastrophic things that happen and, and, and things that are out of our control that take us captives and all of a sudden we're in the season of the cross. He's the only one that can take it and use what was maybe even meant for evil, things that we did, things that other people did to us and use them for good, for our good. Romans 8, 28 says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work to, for the good for those who are called according to his purpose. Even though what Jesus would go through would be excruciating, he had Easter on his mind. He knew the pain that he would enter. He knew the depth of the Father pouring all of our sins and becoming those sins and pouring all his wrath on him when he was going to the cross. But he had Easter on his mind. You would think, okay, Jesus is done enough, right? Jesus is crucified, then he's buried and in a tomb, and on the third day he rose again. And at that point, it's like, okay, he's done. But we see Jesus right after the resurrection. What is he doing? It leads him right back into the ministry of Christ. I want to ask you or, or invite you today to take some time before uh, I mean, take some time, maybe over lunch or this evening, and go to your Bibles and go to the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and look and go to the very end of the Gospel. It's going to be the last couple of pages. And look for the subtitles, Resurrection. And then read through the things that Christ did as soon as he was resurrected. You would think it would have been over and he'd be gone, but there's so much that he does there. There's so many details that I don't have time to go over right now, but I want to summarize it real quick. He first appears to some women disciples. So high five to all the sisters in the house, right? You like that one? Next, he appears to some disciples that are in doubt and allows Thomas to touch the very place where he was speared in his side and where they put the nails in his hands. He also takes time to track down a couple of followers on the road to Emmaus where they were discouraged and they were down and they were just in a bad place and he takes the time to reveal the scriptures to them and then he's about to leave because he's got so many people to appear to as a matter of fact first Corinthians says that he appeared to 500 people during that time he's got a lot to do but he takes the time to sit down with them and break bread and as he breaks the bread all of a sudden their eyes are opened because they were discouraged there were just two and he had 500 to appear to but that uh, shows us how much uh, God uh, sees us and is aware of what we're going through now that is what happens after our season of the resurrection the fruit will always be a ministering to others so I believe we'll find ourselves in the ministry of Christ where Christ ministers to us as we minister to others and then there will be times where things happen to us, where we're taken captive, and that's the ministry, the, the season of the cross. And then it will lead us to a season, again, of resurrection. Now, what is the main purpose of the resurrection, resurrection besides all we have talked about so far? Two things. I believe Romans 8, 31 through 39 clearly gives and spells it out for us one last time. And then also, we also uh, see what it looks like in the very last time that Jesus appears to his disciples. It's the very last time that he appears to them. We get to see that. And I want to look at both of those. So stay with me here and, and don't miss this. This is really good. 
So let's start off with what Romans says about the resurrection. Eight, it's going to be in Romans 8, chapter 31 to 39. I'll give you a second to get there. Romans chapter 8, 31 to 39. Romans 8, 31 says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Who, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? In the resurrection, he gives us his son, his only son. And if we're afraid that there's something that God would withhold from us and keep from us, right here it says if he gave us his only son, what else would he hold back? That was his most precious. And then it says the purpose or the effect of him giving his son. It says, who shall bring any charge against God's elect? Since Jesus was given on our place and we had sin that was against us, that we were guilty for, that was the accusation that, that was against us, that was what we were guilty for. No longer are we guilty because why Jesus died for those sins. And it says, so again, it says, who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. See, God justified us through the death of his son. Who is it to, who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, there's the resurrection, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. There you go, Christ ministering again. Christ is there ministering to us by interceding on our behalf. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. And we are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. It says, no, nothing shall separate us, right? No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, the overall purpose of the resurrection, the gospel, is that we would never ever be separate from our Lord ever again to bring us back together Thank you, Romans, for spelling it out. Now let's see what this looks like in this last appearance, right after the, after the resurrection, after Jesus has done so much. There's this last appearance of Jesus to the disciples, and we'll find it in John 21, 1 through 4. Let me open my Bible here. John 21. It says, And after this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he revealed himself in this way. This is so cool. Simon Peter, Thomas, you know, uh, you know who Peter is, Thomas, right? Nathaniel, Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. And Simon said to them, I'm going fishing, right? So back to business, back to life as usual. And they said to him, we will go with you. And they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Sounds familiar, right? The first time that Jesus calls Peter out, similar situation, they caught nothing about three years ago. And just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus 
said to them, children, I love how he says children, that is so daring. Do you have any fish? And they answered him, no. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it and now they were not able, I'm sorry, and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. He said to them, um, I'm sorry, and the disciples whom Jesus loved therefore said to Peter, it's the Lord. And when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, guess what Peter does? I love Peter. He puts on his outer garment for he was stripped for work and threw himself into the sea. Peter is so excited because it's the Lord again. Again, Jesus has already appeared to him uh, two other times and, and it's a third time and maybe might be the last time that he'll ever see him again. So he doesn't wait for them to get to the shore. He throws himself into the water and goes towards Jesus. The other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from land, but about a hundred yards off. And when they got out on the land, they saw a charcoal fire in place with fish laid out on it and bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some of that fish that you have caught, that you've just caught. So Simon Peter went abroad and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. And Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Come and have a meal with me. Again, the resurrection brings us to be able to have a meal with Jesus. Now no one of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? For they knew it was the Lord. Now, Jesus wants to have a meal with you. And that's what we see. We see the resurrection brings us back into relationship with God. We're able to commune with Him. We're able to have a relationship with Him. Now, like I said, Jesus wants to have a meal with you. If you've never responded to His invitation, would you do that now? He's inviting you to believe that He died for our sins and that He rose again on the third day. So, two if you believe that he rose from the dead and that if you were to die today that you would have a meal with him in heaven forever and ever then i want to ask you to partake in this next part as we partake of the lord's supper which is our next part of this service i want to ask you to uh, take some bread or crackers or whatever you have prepared and get it ready and take the juice take some juice and get it ready See, these seasons that we see, we see the season of Christ ministering, and that's what he's doing right now. He's ministering to us through the Word of God this morning, this Easter morning, 2,000 years later. And then we find the season that we go through and sort of a season that all of us collectively are in, which is the season of the cross, where something is taking us captive and we're seeing, uh, experiencing the pain and then we're experiencing the unknown of, 
of what's going to happen next and and then all of a sudden we're seeing things surface that maybe we've held on to and and like peter you know when when jesus says to peter you know your mind is on the things of man not the things of god and and there's these things of man these things in this life these these earthly fleshly desires that we put our hope in or that we find life in but god is wanting to bring about the season of resurrection and that's what we're about to celebrate but resurrection never comes unless there is death and we are now doing this meal with jesus to celebrate or to remember if we can say remember that he died for us that he lived the perfect life that he was the one that denied himself for us and that he gave his life he lost his life so we would find ours and he paid for our souls a price that no one could ever pay so we can put our faith that it's not our doing but his doing that he's able to pay for us so we will now take of the lord's supper and have a meal with jesus so please take some bread get a good size if you have it and break it break it into smaller pieces first corinthians 11 23 through 26 says it like this and the lord jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread and when he had given it thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you do this in remembrance of me now take the juice in your hand and he said in the same way after he took the cup saying the cup is a new covenant in my blood do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me as we pour the juice as we drink the juice we are now realizing that Jesus's blood was poured out for us and it's a covenant which is his promise to us his word to us his covenant with us and he never breaks his promises that he had already given his life and it says for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes there will be a time we will no longer have to do this we'll no longer have to proclaim it because Jesus is going to come back for us and this proclaiming is a visible symbol of the gospel that Jesus gives his life for you and me he gives us gives us life but he raises to a new life so we too would have new life and have a meal with him i hope this helps you uh this morning in celebrating this day of resurrection this easter and i, I want to pray for you and uh, i want you to stay encouraged and if you can go back and maybe listen to this i know i did it maybe a little fast here uh, i wanted to be out in this morning uh, on this on this shore to sort of uh, give a little bit of a, a feeling of maybe where Jesus was speaking on the shore right a little bit of sunshine some outdoors some nature and whatever you're going through right now whatever's happening in your life rest assured that Jesus is present in whatever season that you're in and that these seasons are not in vain but that God has this plan of us eating with him one more time in heaven but this is going to last forever that's the purpose of resurrection 
is that nothing would ever separate us from the love of God. Father, I pray for everyone listening to this Easter service today, wherever they're at in their life and whatever they're going through, that you see it, that you've been through it, and that you're involved in it right now. And that, that if we would just bring this to you, just like there's no way we can die for ourselves, there's no way we can deny ourselves without you, Lord. That you would surface these things that maybe we are putting our hope in, that we are looking forward to, and, and now they're gone, and there's an unknown there. And would you bring new things, the new things that are this new life that is you, a life in you. You said you are the bread of life. You said in you are living waters where we will drink and never thirst again. Father, I pray that we would drink and eat of you today, that we would have a meal with you today, and this meal would fill us, and that every day we would stop and surrender, surrender to this resurrection and this new life that you have for us, and that we would enjoy you, and that we would be connected to you, not just one time a day, but all throughout the day. Father, I pray for all the needs that we have in the church and everything that everyone is going through at this time. I pray that we will see that there is more to life than what's on this earth, but that there is eternal life. And that with that, we would be willing to share this eternal life with others and share the hope and the answer, which is you and you dying on the cross for our sins, that nothing else makes sense and nothing else, Father, is worth living for, but other than the gospel, other than what you've already done for us. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for raising from the dead. Thank you for thinking of us. Thank you for continuing to minister to us as you never stop. And may we turn around in return, see you working in us to minister to others. Bless our church. Bless their friends and their families and all those that are tuning in for the first time. Bless those that, that prayed this morning and said, I want to have a meal with you that they may know that they are now secure in you and they are forgiven and that you will never turn them away. Thank you, Jesus. All right, church, God bless you. I hope you have a great rest of your uh, um, Easter afternoon and that your mind would be on Jesus all day long and that he has given everything for you. I'm excited to see and hear what God is doing in your lives. God bless you all. Happy Easter. Love you. Pastor Rodney.